Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back for a second podcast of the week. Uh, this one is our midweek domestic podcast focusing on uh, the Premiership Rugby, which there were six cracking games at the weekend just gone. If you were tuning into this one expecting to hear about the Six Nations, well we're, we love that as well. There's a podcast already in your feed, so go and have a look. Uh, and more's the point, hit subscribe. Uh, we're at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. He's at JB Moore. I'm at Cocker. Phil is lurking. We are um, would love your support. Patreon.com forward slash Egg Chasers. You can go and see look at a video of us there. Um, absolutely steaming and trying to hide the fact we're steaming when World Rugby followed us uh, on a live podcast, which we very much hope to do again uh, as soon as we're able to. Uh, right, let's get into this podcast then. Um, and there's a f- couple of little points that we carried over from uh, from the earlier podcast that I'm going to start with. Yes. JB, firstly, hello. Hello, Tim, how are you? Very well, Phil. Hello, hello, gents. Hello again. Um, how good was that Super Bowl, by the way? Unbelievable. Brady again, eh? Brady again. How about, he is one high-level uh, NFL player. There's no two ways about it. Isn't he just, I mean, just incredible. Really top-notch and pa- NFL. And, and also... Patrick Mahomes, what a player. What an amazing player. Yeah, a, a student of, of the game. He really is a gridiron enthusiast. Yeah. So just to be clear, we haven't recorded this immediately after the Six Nations podcast. This is a full day later. Mm. Um, uh, right, you mentioned... Uh, oh, yeah, I mentioned, because Valentine's Day is coming up this coming weekend, I mentioned a Valentine's Day story, and you know this one, JB, so you tell Do it. Do I? The, the Broughton Park player who didn't play a game for the club on Valentine's Day. I do not know the story. Honestly, I do not know the story. You do. Uh, so was it me? It wasn't me. I would no, never no, no. There was a game that. on Valentine's. <laughs> there was a game on Valentine's Day, and a, a big, important first team game in a, you know, in a in a push to get up, uh, avoid relegation. I think, and um, the player didn't play because he was going to the cinema on Valentine's Day. So, so Jamie. They- Oh, I can't remember the name. Oh, Jamie yeah. Harrison. Jamie Harrison. No, did he really? Yeah, he 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 went to watch Fifty Shades of Grey with his girlfriend. Oh at the my cinema. word! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Uh, so the reason I was like, oh my god, then not because I remember that story. I, I forgot about it completely. It's because another guy who you might refer to as Jamie, but actually his name is James. James Howarth, actually of uh, Talk H. He once wasn't able to come out for beers with us. Not that he does much anyway. But the reason was. He'd booked to watch the stage show, Matilda. Who does that on a Saturday night? Wow. Matilda! What you do with your Saturday night, uh, I don't mind. But if you miss a game of rugby because you're watching Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> come on. Have a word. Yeah, I used to do. This is what I used to do on Saturdays, pre-bloody being a prisoner. Um, I On a sale home game, I would get, get an Uber to sale jump out, interview whichever player I had on the little stage in the in the shark tanky thing, recall my Uber before sale kicked off, get back in the taxi with my kit, get to Tok H and then be ready to take my place either on the bench or in the starting 15 by the time that they kicked off. That was the ideal Saturday for me and then catch up with the sale result afterwards in the pub. Wow, that is commitment. I, I remember, here's... One thing I remember doing for a while when I, I used to be the sale match announcer, and uh, so I used to do a breakfast show on the radio. So I mean, I'm, I'm I leave the house about half past four in the morning. Mm. I do a breakfast show. My missus used to work in London, um, so I had the kids, and they were both very small at the time. So uh, I'd do my show. I'd get home, look after the kids for a few hours, 
then I then a babysitter would come over and I would go to sale to watch the game and be the match announcer and then I would get uh, I would go into town where I had a, a DJ slot at a club in town. I remember that. Um, which, yeah. Which went from like 11 p.m. until three. Where was that? Until, it was something uh, Street. 42nd Street. That's the one. Yeah. Right next to the press club. Indie club. And uh, and so that, that would be, my, my my day would start at 4.30 a.m. and my third job of the day would be between 11, <laughs> 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. I would get home basically 24 hours after I'd initially got up. So, having done three jobs. So the advantage of hanging around with a semi-famous person like Tim is occasionally you get these weird invites, which I lap up, but I don't think you particularly enjoy them, Tim. But one of which was the Manchester Food and Drink Awards. And I, I will get, I will go to any do. If you invite me to a do, I will go, I will go to a do. If it's, a, it's some free champagne and a reason to wear a jacket and some shiny shoes, I, I, I'm there. I'm already there. You don't need to convince me of anything more. And thinking about you doing your set in 42nd Street, I met a guy called, I want to say Wingman Dave. Wing, uh, no, uh, Wingman. He was on the Capital Breakfast Show in Manchester. It's called Nigel. Nigel. Yeah. <laughs> He's a pro- proper character. Yeah. Uh, I really I really enjoyed his company. But it was one of those things like, um, do you know, like, when you, I guess it'd be the same thing as if you found out Tubes on Soccer AM was called uh, Fred or something, right? <laughs> but he told me a story that he was DJing in a club in a slot and wasn't able to mix. So he put on the... Um, <laughs> Like, like the Pete Tong album of, of 2006. <laughs> but halfway through it, it says Pete Tong's essential selection. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, the tunes I play, the mixing wasn't wasn't that important. It's more about picking the right tune. But uh, yeah, so God, I don't miss those days, Jesus. But I tell you what, getting paid in brown envelopes was brilliant. Yes, I bet it was. I bet it, so good. Did you feel like a Saracens player? and uh with that let's get on to the podcast um let's do it oh because by the way eagling trail finders beat saracens again saracens third in the table yeah they did saracens third in the table and only two go up you tell me how this works (laughs) doncaster are dreading it well and and, and on that front actually interesting that the rfu council were due to meet on friday for a meeting where it was widely understood they were going to ratify the no relegation from the premiership this year um and they said all it was was just this year and there's no plan there's no uh plans for any uh, lack of relegation or promotion in future years uh, but at the 11th hour that was pulled from the agenda and was not voted on by the That's RFU council on. hasn't been confirmed why um, there are rumours floating around that it had something to do with what all, all Prem Rugby said is, and the RFU said is, they want or they want more time to discuss the matter with their stakeholders. Hmm. Who are the stakeholders, by the way? I hate the idea of stakeholder capitalism. Well, and just Ga- stakeholders. Gallagher would be one. Uh, B- they, BT, uh, BT Sport would be another. Are they not? Well, yeah, CBC. they're not shareholders. They are CB- stakeholders. CBC. No, sh- CBC would be a shareholder. I hate the idea that there's stakeholders, i.e. People without a financial interest. But as long as you've got financial interest, you deserve the say, I think. Mm. That, that said, well, no, how? I'm not saying the fans deserve a say, but what you miss out is when you ignore the, what the needs of the fans are, you're going to have a worse product. You do it for your own sake, not for the sake of the fans. But still. So, yeah, more so, consultation. I'm not making a statement here. I'm only reporting what has been written elsewhere in the Times, um, <clears> because obviously I have a. Uh, a situation here where I'm not going to comment or get involved in it, or I'm because I'm just reporting what's been said, and apparently it, it's thought to have been it, the, the discussion that needs to be had is thought to be with BT Sport. Yeah, good, good for mm. BT Sport for you know standing their ground on this. Look, relic closing a league is not necessarily a bad thing. It isn't. The reason we like it open is because we have not got a contraption in place to promote competition. So we have a situation of forced in competition, uh, enforced competition at the bottom of the league with the spectacle of relegation. The only way you can replace relegation, I have come to the conclusion, outside of the naughty step, which is completely impractical but still quite brilliant, is to make more parity within the league to the point that even the bottom place team by the end of the season still has a shot at doing something. Now, if Premier Rugby have not got a plan for that, they cannot close their league. If they do have a plan for it, let's see your plan, and then the RFU Council can, can vote on it. But it's no good saying, yeah, we're just going to close it off uh, because, well, we are. And the problem with 
um, the leveling of the playing field is there are a lot of teams out there who just want to win and they perceive themselves to have a competitive advantage and they don't necessarily want to make the league better so long as they can win the league. I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's the only conclusion that I can come to. Well, that that, that the the um, scenario you've just described is exactly what happened with Saracens, as in yeah. they they unilaterally um, harmed the overall products of the league by um, overpaying their players and um, winning, increasing their winning themselves. Yeah. This is a, exactly the, what you described. Conversation for another podcast, and I suspect we'll do this next week when there's a fallow weekend in six nations or week after or whichever one it is we will do it then but there needs to be a list of measures from player auctions to minimum squad sizes to maximum and minimum salaries there's all sorts of things that we need to be looking at in order to replace relegation and we need to speak about this in more detail another time yeah it needs to be i totally agree with that point if you're going to do it you don't just do it seven weeks into a season yeah um <laughs> I mean, that, that's the bonkers part of this, is that all of the reasons that they're giving for wanting to have no promotion and relegation this year, or no relegation, sorry, this year, are are ones that were known seven weeks ago when the season began, or seven rounds ago when the season began, and everybody agreed to the current rules we have. There's, exactly. no, there's nothing that's changed. Nope. Nothing that's changed in the, the, in the last two months. The only thing that's changing at the moment is the stress on both the teams that are not sure if they're coming up and the teams that are not sure they're going down. I imagine it has been communicated to the bottom four teams you're not going down if that's the case. And if it hasn't, well, they need to. But then they need to confirm it as well because it's not just the players that go down. It's the whole club. Now, I am in favour of relegation as things stand, but that's why they need to sort it because there will be people actually wondering, can they pay the mortgage or can they do you know whatever it is that they've got to do? Um and if Gloucester go down, or whoever it is go down, that's going to be in danger. So they need to get a statement about this ASAP. We're hoping to be resolved mm. in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, I think the fallow week in the Six Nations is a great time for us to really delve into this. I think it's a brilliant shout. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it, it does, uh, as, as for matters in the Premiership this weekend, um, I think a lot of people would have, would have just caught bits and bobs. BT Sport had a game on Friday night, they had a game on Sunday, and just worth pointing out as well, there's loads of games on the red button on um, the on, on the red button on the BT Sport channels. I think this coming weekend on both BT Sport One and BT Sport Two on the Saturday, there are red button matches, and you can just flick between any of the games you want and all of the games. And uh, there were some crackers. Yep, um, I have got nearly a grand slam of games. The only game I did not see is Newcastle. Mm. I caught that today. God, so you you watched. Or was it four on the Saturday as well? Yeah, I sat down... And, and two Six Nations games. Yeah, because I didn't watch the Italy one. Uh, okay, and, one Six Nations. And thankfully, it's all melded into one. I can't really remember a single moment from any of the games. That that happens, isn't it, when you watch multiple games? Well, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick off with a team that don't get a lot of airtime from us. Sale. Um, <laughs> <laughs> London Irish have got, got back-to-back wins and have doing some really good things. And this ties in with the Six Nations in as much as I've said it before. In fact, I've been saying it all season. The uncomfortable truth for Ireland is that probably their most in-form and best fly half, or certainly after Johnny Sexton, but maybe even including Johnny Sexton, is Paddy Jackson, who is looking good. Really good. Really good. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, As Phil calls him, 2013's Team of the Year... (laughs) <laughs> just had a little bit too much for Gloucester I was really watching this from a Gloucester point of view because I love this Gloucester side I think, they're, I think they've got good individuals I think they've got good structure I think they've given the right people the right chances and I just hope Skivington goes well uh, that said it is disappointing for them not you know, to score 26 points and still not be able to win yeah yeah, yeah but, but from the flip side very good for London Irish and as Tim said, back-to-back wins, um, scoring some nice tries as well. Mm. Um, Ollie Hassel Collins is class. We we spoke about him a bit last season and and earlier this year. He's brilliant, and Tom Parton is electric at fullback. Yeah, and and obviously they've they've got the grunt up front, providing they can kind of uh, incentivize it and keep it fit and firing. Yeah, um, pa- or, or be it, yeah. Ad- Adam Adam Coleman pulling his hamstring 
two mm. minutes into the game. How expensive is that? Uh, so they've got another. That, they've that, got another giant Australian um, journeyman um, experiencing a new thing in Rob Simmons. So it's just one in, one out. Exactly. Um, I do wonder if all these expensive <clears throat> players. So sometimes you're an expensive player, and. Uh, you walk into a team and you see all the other players who are not particularly expensive. And you go, oh well, they can't think of be playing me. I'm the I'm the expensive guy. It'll just go over to these guys. I, I can say, you know, I can do a Sean O'Brien for want of a better word. I wonder if when these expensive players walk in and see all the other expensive players, they go, oh oh Christ, they expect us to play. I I, <laughs> I, I have to play, or you guys are playing. One of us is playing. <laughs> well, they've got two of the form players in the Premiership. In Paddy Jackson, as I mentioned, and Curtis Rona as well in their back line. Yeah, Curtis Rona's playing very, Both very looking well. Looking great. Um, Tom Porton's an interesting one because he started off being electric, and sometimes these guys tend to fade, or defenses work them out, or they start to mark them a bit more. He's still been very successful. Yeah, he does look great. But he, he, they're they're playing reasonably well now. Uh, who's their last game against? I watched it as well in detail. Uh, uh, it was against... little... Did they draw against Harlequins? They drew against Harlequins, but they um, there was another game. It wasn't Newcastle, was it? It was Newcastle. They yeah. beat Newcastle. Yeah, because I was admiring um, Mullipola and Steve Maffey's incredible haircuts yeah. and beard combos. Mm. Yeah, they they played well in that game. Uh, but that said, they play in Newcastle, who have been going well this season, but are starting to struggle a little bit, and Gloucester. They're playing two of the bottom teams. So I do think... While while they've got enough to the twenty thirteen World Rugby Team of the Year uh, pack can can beat some of those lower teams, I think they'll struggle against the likes of well, Sale, Bristol, Exeter, and Wasps when Wasps get half their team back. Another team who look like they will be well, oh yeah, Gloucester have got some issues. We spoke about them at length on on the last podcast. I don't, I don't think anything's really changed. Not really. No, uh, since that. But another team that. We looked like they could have been in the mix for uh, the bottom of the table. Still could get dragged down, but actually looked like they're, you know, e- elevating their way up the table. Is Leicester Tigers, who had a really solid win against Worcester. Hmm, I don't really know what to make of Leicester Tigers. Mon- Montoya got two tries. Yeah, and they, they scored two or three more tries, which... Uh, yeah. And that's a good sign if you're a Leicester Tigers fan. It is. Yeah. They identified something quite early on, I think which is you can win things with an abrasive back row and a veteran scrum half. That's a really, really good core to work from. If your back three, back three, if your back row can all carry and your scrum half can kick, you can do a lot of stuff with that. So that as a basis and building on top of it seems fairly, seems fairly sensible to me. Yeah, I think... I'm starting to see a bit more from Leicester to to give me some positive feelings towards them. Uh, a lot of that is based around their massive South African back row, um, who are totally destructive. But yeah, they're, they're positive. Matt Scott's yeah. playing well. Freddie Stewart is is a real talent, and and in Wiggy they've got someone who they know exactly what they're going to get, and Tom, it's mostly good. Tom Brady of rugby, simple as that. They've got all their new yes. play, they've got all their new players bedded in now. Cobus Van Vyck and Nandolo and Maroni as well is now arrived from Argentina Mui, Mui, in the centre. Murumuravalu. Uh, you've, got, you've got the young guys like Freddie Stewart who are stepping up. So I think I think I'm I'm with you, Phil. I, they're not going to challenge the top four, but they're going to have a much more comfortable season than previous. My only issue yes. with them being, I think they had five English players playing for them on the weekend. Now other teams will do worse than that on occasion. It's not very Lestery. I would like to see them have a few less purchases and a few more youngsters come in, or if they are going to bring in someone. I don't know why. I don't. It's not really fair that I speak about Leicester in these terms because, um, well, because I wouldn't do it to any other team. I do feel that they are the quintessential English team. They need more English players. That is their identity far more than other teams. The, the, the problem with that, though, is they they've done things the less the Leicester way for the last uh, eight years or so, and it led to them appointing Jordan Murphy and Matt O'Connor twice and everyone else that they appointed in between. Uh, I think they need to go away from the Leicester way. Yeah, and you look at, I think, the perfect illustration of the way that it's gone, and I've I've spoken many times about this, and again, some people would fire back at me, this is why you shouldn't have relegation, but 
Uh, Zach Mercer is going to Montpellier, and who's coming into Bath as a number eight? A South African. South African. A massive South African. Yeah. Right, right there is is all you need to know, and that's the smart move for a Premiership club to make. It's so smart, isn't it? It's just it's easy. There's loads of them. They're massive. You play, play twenty two times. There again, we must have like a degree of diminishing returns here. They can't all be good these South Africans. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have thought that the best ones have now been bought up, and then and all you're getting now is. I don't know, the guys who can't make the Curry Cup squads or something. Where do they keep coming from? Like a marauding <laughs> horde. It's mad. It's, it's insane. Um, yeah. So, but Leicester doing well. Worcester, a little bit disappointed in yeah. Worcester. These are the kind of games where they've got to get more out of it, um, where teams are losing multiple England players or multiple international players. Yeah, you're right. They've, they've got to do a bit more. And I, I do like... I've got, there's a lot of things to like about Worcester, but they've got to do more in in this kind of game. Yeah, I really like Worcester as a club. I like I like clubs that operate on a shoestring and put together some decent performances. You, you, you love an underdog, don't you? And they're an underdog. I, yeah, I, I do. And I just like, you know, there, there's a lot to like about Alan Solomons. I was so, um, I, I was not inspired about the choice of him as a DOR at all. But he's he has proved pretty much every, everyone wrong there. He's done very, very well. And I just I like how they play. I, I I like the young Andrew Kitchener loved that appointment. Oh, absolutely. do you know what? <laughs> He's from such a good family. He really is a upstanding young man. <laughs> and they're they're bringing some talent through as well. Like the two young lads, obviously Ollie, Ollie Lawrence is incredibly talented. Sadly, we didn't get to see enough of that this weekend. Mm. But um, Ted Hill as well. I I really really I highly rate Ted Hill. I think yeah. I know I know he's only on the bench this weekend, but Club I think captain, he's a super, he? superb player. Yeah, club club captain. Yep, agreed. At twenty two or, uh, or whatever he is. Well, I, I another team who I mean, it's quite a surprising. Bearing in mind where they've the run they had, Northampton Saints have now had three wins on the bounce. Is it not two? Who have they had? They beat Gloucester. Uh, they beat Worcester. Gloucester, uh, wasps, wasps. Yeah, yeah. This was not a great game. Well, oh, it feels like this is a difficult one to watch. So, I look. Both these teams, I quite like. Um, I to, to get that that far ahead for Saints is encouraging. They played well, but to let wasps back into it is. Not great. And also, they could have lost this. They could have lost this multiple times. Uh, Wasps were very unfortunate, I felt, not to get a try just, just before the break. And there's still a lot of holes in Northampton's game. I think what they do, they do well, i.e. going out the back. They still haven't solved the problem of getting over the game line, all their big runners. Well, again, we'll wait and see when they come up against one of the big sides. But one big problem that was at the heart of... I think that was the core issue with most of that bad run they were on. Their scrum is a lot better. They've done something there. Yeah. I mean, they caught all... Their scrum was so bad, and they had so many good players. You wonder what was going on, like, coaching-wise or his confidence, because, you know, the Franks brothers aren't exactly... Or one of the Franks, at least, is not exactly a bad scrummager. Ethan Waller has been there for a long time. Hill Alec, is, Alex. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Alex. Um, Hill is... Is a good prop, but they pumped Waller wasps. Is a good, sorry, they pumped Waller. wasps. What's the other one? Painter, but Paint. they but they pumped wasps. Uh, well, twenty uh, was it twenty two seventeen? No, 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 in the scrum they pumped them. Oh right, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. They really so, did. so compared to how they have been, that's one big, big fundamental base cornerstone that they've got right. They've sorted. Yeah, and that or was, appear to have sorted, and that was disappointing actually, because wasps at times have been really good in the scrum, and you don't expect that from wasps. What you expect from what you expect from Wasps is free-flowing, offloading tries from everywhere. What they're actually quite good at is being efficient in the five-meter in, in the five-meter area, and they were not efficient at all, not near, not nearly enough. But I honestly think they are second only to Exeter in converting ch- chances five meters out. They do it very differently. They have a lot more energy and they're a lot more quickness around the ruck, uh, but they're very good at it, and that sort of just fell away. Hmm. Oh, they also um, started Charlie Atkinson. I think that's a, that's worthy uh, worthy of note as well. So they started yeah. Charlie Atkinson. He he did all right. He did all right. Came off for uh, Umonga, who had 
some good bits and then some horrendous bits. What what do Wasps, other than getting, I don't know, half a dozen players back from, from fitness and internationals, what do Wasps need to do differently? I think they pretty much carry on exactly as, as they are. So they got hammered by Harlequins, who were a mirror image of them when they played, except better. They were better in every department, stronger, more experienced, more talented. Uh, and it's one of those freak results which just happened. This Northampton game was different. Wasps could have won this. And I think with a bit more maturity, they would have. So the one thing you do not want when you are 22 points down is a young fly half, your youngest fly half, even younger than your actual... So you've got a young fly half and then you've got a younger fly half. And that's the one that you went <laughs> with. And then you've got a fairly inexperienced scrum half. That's not the combo that you need. Yet they did all right. They did fine. Fekatoa coming back is really interesting because he offers them a huge target through the centre. So when you can, when you fail to make yards through your centres, you can all you you can always give it to him. I think with what with the resources they've got available, they are doing broadly the right things, yeah. and they could have won this. And I think they were better in this game than they were in pre in the previous game. And I think they're getting better. And I actually, again, I think the change actually has, has turned out to be brilliant. And Lee Black, it's been a breath of fresh air. I also feel a little bit sorry for Dai Young, and I and it, and this is tying it to right now. Dai Young was was without Jimmy Gopeth, Jack Willis, um, uh, Dan Robson, um, several, a few other a few other very very key players out with long term injuries all at the same time. Dai Young didn't have those, and for the same reason, I wouldn't panic if I was Lee Blackett. You plug those players back into this Wasp team. And they're back to being the wasps that can yeah. that, that can beat I, any any team in the league. They do not have a deep squad. Yeah, they, they really don't actually. But do you know what I can't? I, do, I have very little tolerance for, which is the argument. Oh, once we get our players back, everybody has players out all of the time. I mean, if you want to play that game, we'll just go and get Courtney Laws uh, an Uber back and uh, go and put Dan Bigger on a train. Well, no, but I, do you know what I mean? Which is why I stress yeah. that Wasps have a, a, a shallow squad. They they spend mil- literally millions of pounds less than other sides. They do. And as a result, they have a much shallower squad. So the impact of having uh, half a dozen very important influential players out is massive and so I wouldn't panic if I was watching. Yeah, it's an interesting one because you're obviously and demonstrably right. But then having that thinness of squad, I mean, I wonder which other clubs would be playing Charlie Atkinson or playing Jacob Umo or basically having both of those guys. They, they trust I mean, these guys, don't they? Sapporo could have played. He was fit. Nah, we're all right, thanks. We'll yeah, go with it. He, he, trusts, he trusts them and yeah. it's, it's paid off a lot. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Uh, sale. Anyone watch sale? Yeah. What do we think? Gritty. So, so I um a few weeks ago I predicted that Quinns would beat Bristol, and obviously got it embarrassingly wrong. And I I promised uh then that I'd never bet against Bristol this season. Uh, but then I broke that promise this weekend because I put a few quid on sale to win. Did you? Uh, Sneaky. Yeah. Because uh, I I saw they were. <laughs> 
Bristol were, um, sorry, Sale were four to one. And I was like, that, especially when Luatua was out um, in the, in the warm up, I was like, with Randrander out and off the back of that amazing win against Bath and Sale is such a tough team, I thought, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to bet against Bristol. And obviously, won, a, won 80 quid on the back of it. Yeah. So <laughs> nice. Quite pleased with that. But on it, gritty is probably the right word from Sale because they they um they didn't play very much good rugby. They had some amazing things. The the final try, Luke James's try and the McGinty pass for it was Yeah, I love that pass. Incredible. That was superb. But Sale's scrum was creaking left, right and centre. I mean a foe had had Bristol won a foe should have been man of the match because he was amazing in the tight winning penalty after penalty. Um Sales lineup was creaking. Bristol's mm. lineup looked great most of the game, and Sale just found a way to win. They, yeah, they, they came at this game with a ton of enthusiasm in defence. Now, I'm not going to tell you where I got this information from, or you know, and it's not particularly damning or anything. I could not find so much as a single bad word about Alex Anderson anywhere. Anywhere, it is like. They have all signed up to the Church of Scientology. Like, it's it's one of the most... But They don't even say good. They just look at you and put their thumbs up. What, uh, what, what, what's the new guy like? Thumb in the air. Massive grin. So we did a, uh, a little charity podcast um, oh, yeah. the, the other night, which you won't get to hear, unfortunately. So it was for Broughton Park. Oh, our, God, I forgot. You've already heard me say this. Our local rugby... No, 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 no. I was going to say, our, our local rugby club, we did a podcast for... No, your local rugby club. Mine's Talk H. Well, it's, it's our local rugby club. It's the nearest rugby club to where we live, JB. Well, I mean, in terms of distance to travel. Yeah. Talk H, so, talk, so talk, talk, H, rugby club. talk H is closest to my heart. It's, it's, it's our local <laughs> rugby club. Um, and we've uh, we both played there. Uh, well, all three of us have played there. So anyway, they were doing a live stream event to try and um, just you know, give give everyone at the club a sense of community. Really good idea, actually. And we, we did a little live stream yeah. show for them. Uh, and on that, we just dis- we discussed this. And um, uh, no, afterwards we just stayed on. We stayed on after we'd finished, and we we're having a little chat. And we were talking about this. And Phil used the word cult. He said it almost sounds like a cult. It does. And then <laughs> in the pre-match bit on in the build-up on BT Sport on Friday night, there was an interview with Alex Anderson who said, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't use this word, but." I suppose I'm sort of cultivated a, a cult. Yeah, he actually used the word himself. <laughs> the guy, like, uh oh, it's it's so <laughs> strange. They're like, Gatorade is now Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like yeah, we're we're starting to know what each other's parents do. And again, this is one of those things which I am more than happy for you to know the profession of John O'Ross's dad. I think he's a vet actually. Um, <laughs> providing you know your line out calls, Nick, Nick Kennedy. Uh, members and author, <laughs> uh, Jack Jack Noel, Jack Noel, Fishmonger, um, uh, F- Fisherman. Ah, oh, every time I get it wrong, Johnny May. <laughs> Good question. Oh um, yeah, we've had. Wasn't she? Wasn't she like a music teacher? And she taught Ed Sheeran. Really? Uh, is, is that right? I'm, I'm... I think. I think. I think you've. I think that has been mentioned before. Luke yeah. Narraway, Butcher. Yep. Butcher. D- Dad's a butcher. Uh, Dad's a butcher. Uh, <laughs> and the name of Marlon Jard's dad. Name of Marlon Jard's dad. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, it's it's something ridiculous, isn't it? It's a great Scotland. name. Scotland? Yes, it is Scotland Yard. Is it Scotland? You're joking. <laughs> I was joking. Oh, right, no, no, it's Scotland Yard. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so um, you know, by all means, tell me what Scotland Yard does for a living, <laughs> as long as you've got your lineouts nailed down. It's interesting, right? Because I, 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 hold on, I, I feel like um, that we've not made enough of, enough of that. We've not made no, we've not made enough <laughs> of it. I don't know what Phil's dad did, or mum or dad did, or do. Both... Oh, we we can find out another time. Oh, okay, fine. Well, maybe, maybe on our when we finally get to see each other in person, or I get yeah. to see you guys in person for for strictly yeah. work. I feel like only. I should know this stuff now. Uh, it's, it's, so the, so here's the interesting part about this, right? How can we really call ourselves a, a podcast it, team if, it, if we don't know this stuff? Yeah, exactly. So the interesting part I found was, um, well, thinking about it, if you're professional, if if you go to work every day. Maybe you don't know 
what everyone does for you know, you know what everyone's parents do maybe that's just a thing and i thought about in a rugby club such as an amateur one you do know a lot more about the individuals because the first thing you ask them is oh what do you do for a living and they'll tell you, and then that goes on to an, another conversation. You, another... you especially make conversation like that when you when you need when you're thinking of having a, an extension. Oh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, electrician, you say, fascinating. Uh, but I guess if you are a professional rugby player and your job is rugby player, you sort of know what they do for a living, and then it's just I don't know training and whatnot. And I just thought, like maybe in a workplace scenario, you do know a lot less about your fellow co-workers. That said, and I do strongly believe this, they do have one of the best jobs on the planet, which is professional athlete of any type. Um, what's wrong with just going to work to be a rugby player rather than having a higher purpose? Why, why can't you just enjoy that? Just enjoy your line-out calls and enjoy going to work as a rugby player. Why do you need something more? But it does work, and they absolutely love him. Yeah, cult. Cult. Colts. So that might explain why they are playing so bloody hard in defence. And the knock-on effect of that is Johan Lloyd looked like a 19-year-old with a bit of talent. That, that's exactly how he looked. And AJ, oh my goodness. I, I still think back to our fancy rugby draft. What, uh, what a draft. player. How did I pick him up in round five, I think it was? People are stupid, Tim. My Outrageous. Words. People are stupid. How, uh, JB, how come you... I, I normally just ignore sale players because I know you always pick them up about two or three rounds too early. How yeah. did you not pick him up? I don't know. I, do you know what? I got I, I got stupid and careless and I picked up Sam Simmons. Sam Simmons? Joe Simmons. Joe Simmons. Joe Simmons. Not forgetting that Exeter kicked to the corner a lot so Joe Simmons doesn't take lots of penalty kicks. Yeah, it's ridic- it was a ridiculous de- a decision. Uh, look, I've made my bed. I'll lie in it. And occasionally I get things wrong too. Yeah, no. but AJ is dynamite. Well, him and pa- him and Paddy Jackson are vying for the best ten in the prem. Well, they're arguably both the second best uh, Irish fly half on the planet. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, do you know what yeah. AJ, AJ, AJ's dad does? Uh, school teacher, headmaster at Blackrock. There you go. No, yeah, no, no, no big deal. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That? That, yeah, I. He said to me because he was injured for a long time, so I was able to watch say I'll play and I'd often sit next to him and we'd chat and he he said to me yeah my dad's really into schoolboy rugby he's a real nose on it that to me is like oh yeah he's a bit of a fan reads it in the back of the paper not that he's headmaster at bloody Black Rock College yeah he's like <laughs> one of the ultimate production lines for for Irish rugby yeah uh, he, he has direct access that, and he's the main man at the institution yeah I mean that is almost like Owen Farrell describing his dad as a rugby union enthusiast <laughs> Or <laughs> rugby league enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah, he likes both codes quite a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah, he keeps up with the scores. <laughs> um, how do you how do you think? So, AJ was brilliant, cool as ice, and that that pass was incredible. How how do you feel this game went for young Johan Lloyd? It's a reality check, isn't it? It I is. Think... It is after everything going so well, so perfectly. It is a bit of a reality check. That said, he had some lovely touches. I mean, the boy is clearly outrageously gifted. Uh, yes. I think he's... I mean, this might be a little bit early to call this, but yeah, he might be on, like, Marcus Smith level of gifted. I, I mean, not maybe not quite yet. Maybe slightly different in the way he runs, but there's a lot a lot to like about him. I, I think, I think yeah. he's amazingly talented. Yeah, I think he, I, I think he is as talented. Yeah, maybe even more so in some respects. And he looks brilliant when he's on the wing. He looks great at fullback. He looks good at ten. Mm. Yeah, he's, he, he and got, you, you he, can only be that if you've got the whole box of tricks. I, the fact that Wales have capped him already tells you a lot about you know how desperate they are to keep keep this young man. Um, I would love him to test this Welsh system to destruction. Like, no, I'm not going. I'm going to stay at Bristol. That's. I mean, I know I spoke about this last week, so I won't dwell on it. But that's. I really hope he stays with Bristol. And apparently his brother's very good, and he's in the academy. Mm. It's two of them. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I thought Sale did very well to to put him under pressure um, and, and get up in his face and, and make life difficult for him. But I think he'll learn a huge amount from that game, from from losing in those circumstances. So I, I think, well, it's a, a bad single performance. I think it's a it will be a good marker going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think marker is the right word there, Phil, because. 
for, you know, for Sale to take down Bristol at Ashton Gate and Bristol still to be top of the table. Um, are they top of the table? Or Exeter, Exeter, Bristol are top. Yeah, Exeter Bristol are top. back to second. So, a huge one for Sale. You know, the top three teams all have six, six wins. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a drop-off after that. So, I think we know who the top three teams are. Yeah. I expect the, those three to carry on going in the same direction and there to be an almighty scrap yeah, for fourth. Uh, well, there'll be an almighty scrap for first as well because you don't want to play the other two in a semi. No, you don't. Yeah, that's a very good point. Although... I don't think I would fear Bristol in a semi-final nearly as much as Exeter. So as long, just just avoid Exeter, really. There again, it, Quinn's currently sit fourth, and the way that they're going, I mean, from absolute utter hopeless clowns to semi-dangerous <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> well, I just I can't help but think Quinn's are getting the the bounce, the dysfun- the dysfunctional DOR club combo. And they're getting the bounce because they're able to kind of be themselves and normal and had the the shackles unleashed. I can't see I can't see this level of uh, performance. Yeah. Certainly, on the level of last week, that, that they simply cannot continue that uh, over any significant period of time. Yeah. Who the hell is Archie White? Who is this kid? He's been knocking around in the first team squad for a little while. Him and Dino Lamb in the back five of the scrum. Really? So he's started consecutive games. I've been impressed both times with him. Good build on good good build on the kid. Works bloody hard, and he just seems to fit in nicely with um, Don Brandt. And who was there? That they didn't have. Oh yeah, they did have Will Evans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think. I, I wonder if he's going to be. Um, like the the unsung third wheel because Will Evans gets a ton of praise as does Don Brown, rightly so. By the way, he was ace again. Um, he just seems like the guy who's willing to pick up all the hard work. You got James Chisholm who does that as well. I, I was going to say if because you just mentioned Alex Dombrant and he would be my answer to this question. But if you had to pick one player that you could force into the England squad who would you pick and mine would be I'd take Alex I've said this before the Six Nations squad was picked I'd take Alex Dombrandt and I'd force Eddie to uh, have him in his squad you know the guy I really like a lot of people would say Sam Simmons I'm sure or Joe Simmons or Marcus Smith who, who, who would you say like, who, who do you know the think? guy who I really like I'm going to give a shout out to a completely random player now. You go, what, is you, what are you on about you psychopath uh, I really like Josh, Josh, Josh Bayless from Bath I really like him. Mm, good player. Uh, he's not just a good, good player. He's actually a player that bothers showing up. I was thinking about this. Who would I take <laughs> from Bath? Uh, and the answer is nobody. Not one player would I want to, to sign, except for Josh Bayliss. I, I, I love that guy. And I reckon if he was put in a better situation, he might be in contention for something because he plays second row, he plays back row, he works bloody hard, he's effective, he's strong. Yeah, he's a good player. Sadly, nobody else seems to care. <laughs> so Josh, uh, Josh Bailey, who would you who would you force into an England squad? Um, give, given how badly the uh, well the wingers played, give me um, Ollie Thorley. Yeah, that's Ooh, a good nice. shout. I do, I do like. I know, I know he's been there or thereabouts, but there's something that because he's been in multiple squads, but. I don't know if he's actually even got a cap. He might have might have one cap for. I think two he does. Minutes. I think he has a cap from the autumn internationals. The, is yeah, he, is he qualified to play special. somewhere else? No. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's talk about Bath. Let's do that, shall we? So yeah, fair, uh, fair play, Quinns. That was that was, that was good good showing again. And uh, yeah, but Bath. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the one caveat I would put here with Bath is yeah, it was very poor. And again, this uh, this highlights when we were talking about Leicester earlier and the players that they sign and uh, Bath have got a, <laughs> lose a lot of players. They do. Um, I'm just looking at this. Mercer, ace. Spencer, supposedly ace. Um, Priestland, supposedly ace. Cochran Singer, supposedly ace. Matavesi, pretty good. Well, not only this. Look at This is what I find... What the hell? What, what is going on yeah, here? Yeah, so this is what I find interesting, and it's worth remembering, because we only had a three-week break between the end of the season and the start of the season, let's think back to only two and a half slash three months ago when everyone was saying, wow, Ben Spencer, the missing piece of the jigsaw, Bath, how much have they improved? Oh, my God, this is so much better. They've got positive times ahead. So it, this was the same coach, 
it was the same players, massively different levels of performance. I mean, they are bad, aren't they? They are bad. Um, would you be kind enough to do your um, Stuart Hooper shirt impression again, or is that is that is that just for offline only? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, thankfully for um, everyone involved, there was not any post-match interviews for this game because I think the broadcast is online only. It's on, it's off, and that'll be that'll, that'll be the end of it. Um, there was one of the most awkward shirt ceremonies I have e- I've ever seen with the with the Bath players standing in a circle pre-game. Uh, I mean, I just it's like straight out of the management textbook. There's no, I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm being unduly harsh now. Um, it just didn't get the hairs on my uh, on the back of my neck standing up. Let's put it that way. Would you? How would you describe it, Tim? Corporate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could see what the intent of it was, but yeah, you're right. It didn't. Um, it didn't have the impact that I think some, you hoped something like that would have. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like it was basically giving out jerseys to debutants for the side. Yeah, their first uh, time, you know their when, first cap for Bath. Do you know when androids tell jokes? This is what this is what humans find funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, 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 I just say listen to last week's podcast if you want to hear my thoughts on that. There are clearly issues. It may, it may well be Stuart Hooper, but I'm not willing to just purely say it's Stuart Hooper because there are players that should be doing a lot better, irrespective of coaching or systems. There's, there's effort issues at times, and I think the defense, there is effort issues. You're the not def- wrong. The defense is one of the biggest indicators of that. That there is a lack of effort, which is unforgivable. Yeah, uh, Harlequins on paper do look like a team that should have won this game. That I mean, Harlequins on paper are no real indication of anything. Hey, they win another one. They're on a roll. They're on a real roll. So I don't know what to make of them. They're, they're currently at fourth. They might fight out for fourth place with London Irish when it's all said and done. Mm. It's, it's quite interesting. Un- unlikely, but it is possible. Tell you who I do like. Do you know who I really like? On, on. Andre Esther Hazen. He, he he adds um, a certain something my to their kind, midfield, doesn't he? Yeah, my kind of guy. My kind of guy. Just give him the ball, let him go forward, and then let Marcus Smith do it. He's, do you know, he does a Jamie Roberts job better than Jamie Roberts. Yeah, well, he's he's as big as Jamie Roberts, if mm. not even slightly bigger. His sheer he's presence. massive. Yeah, his sheer presence creates space for Marcus Smith and the yes. players outside him. 110 kilograms, six foot four. Cheers. Thanks very much. Yeah, have a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. Bit, bit of South African steel in your midfield. Yeah, do you know, I'll answer your question, Tim, in a more serious way. Um, I would force Eddie to pick Marcus Smith and start him. Force mm-hmm. him. Force him. Marcus Smith, Ollie Lawrence, Henry Slade. Oof. When you think if, about... If yeah, go on. I was going to say, if you'd have done that uh, two years ago, JB, you would have uh, had one thing right on the whiteboard. Yeah, well, it's not my fault that people can, uh, conspire against me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I think back to England, and I, then I look at the way that players are performing, and I just cannot believe there's not another specialist number eight in that England squad. And, no. and, that, and a lot of people would like that to be Sam Simmons, and I could sympathise with that. He scored again. He looked great again. His footwork is brilliant, uh, and uh, Exeter, whilst being unconvincing. Had a solid win uh, away at Newcastle. Got it done, didn't they? Newcastle's bloody hard to go to now. Uh, they are not the jokes that we thought that, that thought thought they'd be. Far from it, actually. They're an inc- incredibly good outfit. Uh, very, very good win. Mm. Um, it, it, on your Don Brown point, Tim, mm. the more you watch him, the more impressive he gets. And I think now that he's been turned loose, he seems to have gone up another level in in, in the last few games. That, that's how he always plays. He's always his support angles, very kind of Chris Ashton esque. He's just got a great rugby brain, and he, uh, and much like Phil talked about in the last podcast about Antoine Dupont, yep. Don Brandt just just pops up at the right moment in the right time because he's just reads the game so well. He's natural, and we, all the jokes were made about his university rig. The fact is, whilst he had a university rig, he was still able to make an impact because his rugby brain is so natural. Mm-hmm. And that's and that translates. We talked about Cam Redpath being to the man of born at international level, and the reason for that is he has a really smart, natural, instinctive rugby brain. And and when we talk about England trying to play with 
trying to solve problems on the hoof. It's that kind of rugby intellect that you need rather than just trying to run harder with bigger men at players. Actually, sometimes someone who can pick a great line, do something unpredictable. uh, And for that reason, I kind of sympathise with you saying about Marcus Smith, but those are the kind of characters that make an impact at international level. Yeah. I think I would go with bigger and harder. That's what I would. <laughs> I mean, you made an impassioned case, Tim, but I'm not convinced. How 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 do you go bigger than uh, Billy Van Apola? More athletic. I think you can get. I I would say. Um, look at the Dupree brothers, or a. <laughs> okay, an England player. How how based on the English as they qualified available deal. players? That's a very good question. Who is bigger? Who is, do you know who hits bloody hard and is coming back into some form? I know he's nowhere near the international picture, but maybe he would be in, in a different guise. Dave Atwood's coming back into some form, and he is hitting bloody hard and carrying hard. I wouldn't be. I mean, I'm not saying he plays eight for England. I'm just saying that is a man that, a man that they could use. Charlie, Charlie Yules has, has uh, played eight for England. So. No, thank you. Um, Carl Ferns. If he, if only he was in England. If only he was qualified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe next year. Maybe towards the end of the season. Who knows? Things might change. Mm. Uh, so is that all the games co- co- covered off? Yeah. Last week. So uh, should we just do the upcoming matches and should we do them quickly because we've got like I don't know, fifteen minutes before something happens. <laughs> before uh, <laughs> before the greatest show on turf. I mean, before dinner's ready. Yeah, before dinner's ready. Yeah, of course. Uh, so Friday night, it's the Church of Sailtology against the... Um... <laughs> yes, yes, that's what they're being called. <laughs> against the management consultants, Bath. Um... <laughs> we should come up with nicknames for all the teams. <laughs> Church of Sail- Sailtology versus <laughs> versus Bath PLC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if Sail win. If Sail don't win, it's going to be a bloody hard podcast on Sunday. Yeah. After all things I've said. <laughs> your old team versus your new team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite. Sail, yeah, sa- sail by at least fifteen points. Sail five points to zero. Okay. Um, Harlequins Leicester. Nice. Uh, you missed one. Oh, well, this is just, this is just how it's coming up on my app. Why? What? What have you? Gloucester, oh. Gloucester Bristol. Ooh. Friday night. Oh, that's an that's an interesting ah. one. Oh, I know why I've done this. I'm looking at the bloody sale fixtures, not the. Uh... <laughs> How have I done this? What am I looking at? <laughs> Brizzle are going to win. Uh, Brizzle are going to win that at King's Home. Although at King's Home, Gloucester have got performances in them. They showed that against Ulster. Well, well. So the reason why I actually put some money on uh, Bristol to lose at home uh, against Sale last weekend was because I, I don't. I don't think, uh, maybe they're catching up now, but I don't think the bookies had caught on to the fact that uh, with no crowds, home advantage in the Guinness Premiership appears to be negligible. A great point. Who the hell did the bookies employ? And This is probably the wrong question, actually. Who know so much about rugby? Like They can get it so close. It's a great point. It's actually, it is, it is a hole in the market because bookies do not understand rugby. Well, you'd have thought so, but they clearly do because I, I can't get one over, uh, over <laughs> them. Or maybe I just don't understand rugby. And I, think that, I, think that's, I think we've found the problem here. User <laughs> error. So, uh, so Bristol are going to win away at Gloucester. Yes, they will. Yes, Brist- Bristol will right the wrongs. Um, did, did you hear the, the Pat Lamb pre-match? Um, talk about the good fortune that Semi Randranda is out for eight weeks. No, what did he say? Jeez. Why is that? Why is that good? Because so, it could have been worse. But basically, that is the principle. He was like, you know, it's really good news because um, it, it's not completely ruptured the the ligament. They've they've basically managed to find find it while it's still intact. Had it have gone wrong, Oof. it could have been. Uh, well, season-ending. That is good news. That's good news for all concerns. That so is he's not wrong. Cracking bit of shit posting by uh, Sale Sharks as well on their Twitter feed. They yep. did. They did. A, they did. A, they said, "Oh, we're really sorry, Semi can't be playing tonight, but uh, we understand he'll be watching the game in his room." And they had a picture <laughs> of Semi Randrandra, like a head on a kid sat on a bed with loads of pictures of Sam James on the walls. Very good. Yeah, that was good. Uh, that seems to have made the rounds. That little meme. P- people are reappropriating it for uh, reappropriating it for others. Anyway, um, what with yeah, on br- just on Bristol, 
Uh, I guess it does give an opportunity for other lads to have a crack at it. Uh, and one of my rapidly becoming more favourite players, um, Piers O'Connor, who will probably slip in at the at thirteen, as unless, he did as he did against Sale. Yeah, unless he carries on dominating at twelve, that's another guy England should have a look at. Just even if it's just bring him in his camp, and also, what's wrong with Eddie? Is he not scared that someone else might cap him? Oh, we've spoke about this, haven't we? He's yeah. in a Dutch auction. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, next game. Okay, Saturday's game. So Quinns Tigers. Quinns at home. Not that home matters. Quinn. Oh no! That's... Quinns will edge that. Good, I, could, I think this will be a really good game. I think Quinns, Quinns will edge this one. This feels to me like narrowly. But that, that, but that be for... no, no, no. Actually, Quinns have done too well for too for too long. Yeah. Give me Leicester. I can't see Quinns carrying this on. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree. And Leicester's massive South African back row will um, give Quinns the shake up they need. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I might join you there. Just a narrow Leicester win. I, I think there will be a couple of points either way, and a, t- a good game this one. Agreed. I'm going with Leicester as well. Mm. I'm not. I'm not willing. I'm not willing to put any faith in Harlequins just yet. Um, so, team of the year, 2013, a face off against the Chiefs. Exeter <laughs> <laughs> uh, to win this. Exeter to win. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and then Northampton, Newcastle. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Newcastle, please. So I'm going to go Saints narrowly, but again, much like the Queens Leicester one, this one's hard to call. I'll go Saints. Uh, yeah, I think I think Newcastle Saint, Saints lot of talent in their backs. I, I love this young lad, uh, Tommy Freeman. Yeah, he had a great week for you in fantasy rugby draft, and I, he, I, he did all right. He did all right. Yeah, I know. And I had the Northampton front row who scored two tries, um, and I had them, and I forgot in, in sort of JB fashion, I forgot to put them in my team, and. Mm. Uh, yeah, lost to the better man this week. Well played, Phil. Thanks right, to thank Toby, Free, Toby Freeman and, and Alex Cuthbert. Who, who scored like 75% of my points between them. Yeah. Particularly um, after Adam Coleman and uh, Namani Nadolo played 11 minutes and got 0.3 points between the two of them. I had three men with minus points, maybe even four. <laughs> Sam James, Matavesi, John O'Ross, and there's another one who had minus points. And I think like, this is not. I feel like Stuart Hooper. This is not my fault. This is, I can't. Didn't, what can I do? How did one one game week last last year? Didn't you finish on three points? Yeah. Quite, it only counts if you've got a full team, though. <laughs> if you've got a full team starting, then your minimum score counts. But like, how do you come back from that? Yeah. Tough. It's Tough. like you and Hoops could have a good old chat about that. How they let us down all yeah. the time. Yeah, John O'Ross is the kind of guy that you want on your team when you're playing an actual rugby game. He's not the kind of guy you want on your fantasy rugby draft team <laughs> not sure about that, mate, when no. you're playing it. I'm not sure about that. He's been on my team for three years now. <laughs> yeah. One year we made a final, a semi, a semi-final. So. Mm. Okay, so, so uh, Tim, you're going St. Northampton. Yep. Me and JB are going Newcastle. Correct. And ah. then final game, Worcester Wasps. This could actually be game of the weekend. Uh, I'll say Wasps narrowly. 42-40 to Wasps. Yeah, it'll be something like that. Yeah, They've both got to win. I I just like, give me Worcester. Nice. Give me Worcester. Give me Wasps, both, nice. both teams have to win this. I mean, they don't because there's going to be no relegation, but uh, they do have to win this. It's essential that they win. Exactly. Uh, there we go. That is the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you haven't listened to the Six Nations one already, it's in your feed. Uh, but uh, we are the podcast 52 weeks of the year that has a podcast waiting for you every Monday morning and multiple podcasts in the same week. So thank you for listening. That's all we ask of you. Uh, if you appreciate it, however, you can show your support as many people, a humbling number of people have done. And we really appreciate that. Are we doing the short? Are we doing the shirt draw for them next week? Uh, yes. In fact, we will make that. We will make the shirt draw in the week and announce it on the next podcast that we do. Uh, but uh, where we're going to be giving away shirts to Patreon uh, followers um, and other assorted goodies. And there's uh, some stuff up there as well uh, at patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. He's at JB Moore. I'm at Cocker on Twitter. We're at rugby podcast. Phil is lurking in your DMS. I let the boys play. Let the boys play.
Perfect. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.